as women have to let go of the things of the past and determine to press your way to becoming a woman of virtue. To press requires effort. The characteristics of a virtuous woman, as depicted in Proverbs 31, sets a standard for women of God that initially appears to be quite unattainable. First Lady Tamara Hornbooker will explain today how women of God can not only rise to the standards of the Proverbs 31 woman, but also teach women how the standard can be maintained. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, do you mind if I adjust the podium just a little bit? Um, I'm what you call a, a disabled, virtuous woman. Um, some of you don't know, like, I've had, I, I have really bad eyes. And um, I've had a retinal detachment in this eye. I've had two in this eye. And so my vision is not quite what I want it to be. And I um, have to have a lot of light so I can see. So I apologize for moving the podium way over here, sis. <laughs> Just have to have a little bit more light. Um, but God is good, and I am dependent on him, amen, to restore my sight. Amen. But like the Hebrew boys say, if he doesn't do it, I still know he can. Amen. Amen. Um, first of all, I'd like to acknowledge God our Father, who sent his Son, Jesus, to be our Savior. I honor Jesus, who sent the Holy Ghost to be our Comforter, and I honor the Holy Ghost, who is our guide. I give honor to my husband, Pastor Hornbuckle. He's not with us tonight, another one of our um, elders had an engagement, and so we kind of split it up. You go here, and I'll go there. I give honor to my son, Daniel, my daughter, Shirley, who continuously push me, prod me, challenge me, and love me into becoming a woman of virtue. I give honor to Pastor and First Lady Miles in the City of Grace. I especially thank you, First Lady Miles, for asking me to speak at your women's ministry conference. You have always been so gracious to me, and I want to publicly let you know how I much I appreciate your kindness. So what does becoming a woman of virtue entail. Just like Sister Boatman was saying, there are many books and blogs and devotionals on the market that are written to help us become women of virtue. So I was doing a little studying too. <laughs> and I was reading an article, and I really like this lady, I was reading an article on the subject by Nancy Lee DeMoss, if you know who she is. And she said these things. I'm just going to read a few of them. 
Am I building up my house or tearing it down? Am I investing in my marriage? Am I reserving the best of my physical and emotional energy for my family? Am I creating a climate that makes my husband, and I added, and the rest of my family, want to be at home? Am I content to be at home? Am I finding fulfillment through reverencing and serving my husband and family? Am I trustworthy? Does my demeanor tend to be loud and defiant? Or do I communicate a meek, quiet, and submissive spirit? Am I a wall or am I a door? Is there anything about my speech, actions, dress, or attitudes that could defraud those around me? Am I discreet and restrained in the way I talk? Would my husband and others who know me say that I am a woman of moral virtue and purity? Have I purposed in my heart to be pure? Am I making myself accountable to my husband and to other godly women for my walk with God and others? As you can see from what I read, it is all about you. Yes, this is the one time that you can say that becoming a woman of virtue is all about you. You have the power to change, but you must want to. Proverbs, you have the power to change, but you must want to. Proverbs 31, woman, is another website that I, I subscribe to. It's full of articles and resources and online discussions about our role as women. I refer to it often. But even with all of that advice, I have to remember that I am not every woman and that I have to walk in the path that God has designed for me. I would drive myself crazy if I followed every outline, step by step, how to do this, how to do that, that there is for becoming a woman of virtue. Think of it this way. How many of you cook? There, I bet there are no two of you that make a cake the same way. There's certain ingredients, yes, that are necessary for your cake to turn out right, but some of us add more sugar, more eggs, more butter, and like Paula Dean said, more butter and more butter. But in the end, you still have a cake. What I'm saying is that you need to ask God for his help with becoming the woman that he has designed you to be. So let's look at a few definitions. I like dictionary.com too, sis. Becoming comes from the root word become, 
which means to begin to be or come to be something specified to undergo change or development. And that word becoming is made up of two more words, be, meaning I am, I will, and it is so. Coming, meaning I'm moving toward, amen, amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah 1 and 5, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Know that God has called you. Jeremiah 18 and 6 says, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Know that God is molding and shaping you. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Know that God has started something in you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, and that includes women, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Know that God has changed you. 2 Timothy 2.21 reads, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the, pastor's, the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Know that God has a work for you to do. These scriptures, they give us insight into what God's design is for our lives. He made you. He knows everything there is to know about you. The Bible even says he knows the number of hairs on your head. He is the only one who can mold us into the person he wants us to be. The Bible also says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2 and 13. Now when you add that suffix I-N-G to the end of the word become, it denotes continuance. Becoming a woman of virtue is not a six-week course. It's a lifelong process. As Paul stated in Philippians 3, 13, and 14, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you as women have to let go of the things of the past and determine to press your way to becoming a woman of virtue. To press requires effort. If you've ever ironed, 
you know that you have to exert some pressure to get the wrinkles out. Amen. Sometimes you have to put water on it to loosen up that wrinkle. Sometimes you have to put steam and heat on it to smooth it out. Sometimes you have to use both. But looking at this spiritually, the water is the word of God. Because Jesus referred to himself as that living water. Remember when he met with the woman from Samaria. Remember in the book of John, chapter 4 and verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Amen. And then she said later on in the scriptures, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Now let's talk about that steam and that heat. Steam and heat, we can liken that to those trials, those tribulations, those afflictions that come upon us. No, it is not pleasant, and it is hot. However, God uses those things to teach us. And Isaiah 48 and 10 says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why? Because in verse 18, Paul says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We must keep the end result in mind. So tell yourself, the enemy can no longer hold you hostage to your past. Don't allow him to depress you with what you have done, with what you haven't done, where you come from, how long you've been saved, when you got saved, where you used to live, who you used to be, who hurt your feelings, who didn't speak to you. Just keep pressing and moving forward. Now let's look at this word virtuous. As Sis already said, it means to be morally excellent, upright. You have to know what is right and what is wrong. Yes, we are born with a sense of what is right and what is wrong, but you have to be taught. Our parents teach us, the school system teaches us, the laws teach us, but the supreme authority is God's word. God tells us to search 
the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. David said in Psalms several times, show me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy path. Lead me in the truth. Teach me, teach me, teach me and lead me in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. As women, it is our responsibility to ourselves, to our families, to our coworkers, to everyone that we encounter, that we display moral character. Remember that we are examples. Whether we like it or not, people are watching us. Our scripture text, taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, and I looked at verses 10 through 31. Proverbs was written by King Lemuel. History does not record much about who he is, and some say that Lemuel was another name for King Solomon. Nonetheless, whoever it was that wrote it started off with a question, who can find a virtuous woman? It's a very relevant question, would you agree? Just think about it. How many virtuous women do you know? They're becoming harder and harder to find. Where is she? Virginia George wrote a book entitled Set Apart, Becoming a Woman of Virtue in a Modern World. In it, she explores the steps we must take to become women of virtue. She asked, has the Proverbs 31 woman ever struck fear in your heart? Do you see Proverbs 31 as a laundry list of expectations you'll never meet? If so, you're in good company. No matter how many times I've read this passage, how many times we've read this passage, we always walk away feeling that there is no way that I could ever measure up to the characteristics of the woman depicted in these verses. In these verses, he outlines some of her characteristics. He says, for her price is far above rubies. A virtuous woman is valuable. She is worth something. If you know anything about rubies, a ruby is a gem. Now it can be pink or it can be red. And the darker that gem, the more expensive it is. Now did you know that on a scale of one to 10, that a ruby ranks as a nine in hardness? A diamond ranks even harder as a 10. And you know what hardness refers to? that it's scratch resistant. I'd venture to say that this is why Solomon referred to this woman as more valuable than rubies. A woman that is scratch resistant 
is a woman I feel that can take a licking and keep on ticking. She doesn't let any and everything mar her character. Amen. Praise the Lord. A woman that is a woman of virtue has faith. A virtuous woman serves God with all of her heart, her soul, and her mind. A virtuous woman respects her husband. A virtuous woman teaches and nourishes her children, trains them in the way that they should go. A virtuous woman cares for her body. She prepares healthy food for her family. A virtuous woman serves her husband, her family, her friends, and her neighbors. A virtuous woman spends money wisely. <laughs> A virtuous woman works willingly with her hands. A virtuous woman is a homemaker. Her home invites an atmosphere of warmth and love. A virtuous woman uses her time wisely, diligently to complete her task. A virtuous woman, as Sister Boatman says, has an inner beauty that can only come from Christ. In closing, I'd like to tell you about a woman whose life impacted me greatly. It was my mother. She was a special woman. She passed away in 2001, and I thought I could not survive without her. She was my closest friend. We did everything together. At her funeral, there were so many people who talked about how she touched their lives through the things that she said, through the things that she did. Most importantly, they talked about how she loved God, how she loved her children, how she loved her grandchildren, how she loved people. My mother was only 64 when she passed away. But you know, she didn't become a virtuous woman overnight. It took time. I saw her, I try not to become emotional, I saw her go through times of sadness, loneliness, frustration, lack, emptiness, worry, doubt, physical and emotional abuse at the hands of my father. But you know, she was like that ruby described at the beginning of Proverbs 31. She was scratch resistant. She responded to those wrinkles in her life by pressing toward God. She girded herself with strength and honor and wore the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. She continued to display those attributes described there in Proverbs 31. She surrounded herself with the fruit of the spirit love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. In the end, my sister, my brother, 
and myself, we rose up and we called her blessed. She didn't have to exalt herself. Her works praised her. Her works praised her from her life. I took courage that if she could do it, I can do it too. We all can, women, but you have to wake up every morning believing that you are one step closer to becoming the woman of virtue. God designed you to be. Earlier, I gave you some definitions for the word becoming. To be means I am, I will, and it is so. Coming to move toward and to get there. Amen. Let's start today by acting that out. Thank you, and God bless you. God bless you, saints. I hope you enjoyed this message that we brought to you on today. Truly, uh, God is here for you. You can trust God. You can depend on him because God has your back. And just like Solomon had such a great task before him, and many of you are in the midst of situations that are before you, you don't know which way to go, and you're looking for that assistance, that help. It may be a loved one. It may be that you don't know the Lord right now, and that's a great obstacle that's before you. I want to encourage you on today to seek the Lord, seek after him, come humbly to God, and God will hear your prayer. Remember what David said in Psalms 40 and 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he heard my cry. Praise God. And I want you to know that when you call out to the Lord, he will hear your cry. Be blessed. God bless you. I would like to take a time to thank all listeners of the Lily Kojic Podcast. I pray that you or someone close to you was truly blessed by the messages that we bring to you weekly. As we go forward, we ask that you share the podcast with as many people as possible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 states, So neither is he that plants anything, neither is he that waters, but God gives the increase. Our goal is to expand this ministry to reach more people with the good news of the gospel. You can help us achieve that goal by supporting us with a donation of any amount. We have a donation button located on our podcast page that allow you to support this ministry. Thank you and God bless.